Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello. Today I'll present a case study. Today we have a 66-year-old man with a history of methamphetamine use, none in 15 years, hypertension, diabetes, who noted the onset of dyspnea on exertion seven months ago. He actually had to stop working, and he's currently getting shorter breath and fatigued, even with just working around his house. He was a past smoker, a pack a day for 30 years, and he quit 10 years ago. There were no other risk factors identified for pulmonary hypertension. On examination, the patient had a normal blood pressure and heart rate. Oxygen saturation was borderline, 91% on room air, and he was obese with a BMI of 35. The remainder of exam, his exam showed some crackles at the lung bases, regular heart, but a loud second heart sound, and a two over six murmur at the lower left sternal border, systolic. He had trace pedial edema. Initial workup for his symptoms included a six minute walk test, which was 320 meters, a ventilation perfusion scan that was normal, and pulmonary function tests that actually showed normal spirometry, but a reduced diffusing capacity. And he had an NT Pro BNP of 500. On echocardiogram, the patient had significant, moderate to severe right ventricular enlargement and decreased right ventricular function with a TAPC index of 1.6 and a right ventricular systolic pressure estimated at 64 plus right atrial pressure. So significantly abnormal echo suggesting pulmonary hypertension. He then went on to a right heart catheterization, which is shown here. His right atrial pressure was eight. Pulmonary artery pressure was 70 over 45 with a mean of 53, wedge pressure of eight, and a cardiac output of 4.5 liters per minute, which came out to a cardiac index of 2.8, with a calculated pulmonary vascular resistance of 10 wood units. He had a minimal response to acute testing with inhaled nitric oxide, with the PVR dropping to 8, and PA pressure dropping from 53 to 48. So we'd call that a pretty unremarkable basal reactivity test. So then going over these hemodynamics, I think you'll agree, this is a patient who has significant precapillary pulmonary hypertension, adequate cardiac output, and a very high pulmonary vascular resistance. So if I was to ask you, what risk category do you put this patient in? Functional class three, that's the walk distance, NT pro BMP levels, and you can see the right heart catheterization results. This patient I think would fall strongly into intermediate, right in the intermediate category. With that in mind then, we have, again, to summarize, a patient who has some cardiac issues, but also has history of methamphetamine use, a longtime smoker as well, who now has significant precapillary pulmonary arterial hypertension, intermediate risk category. What do you do? What's your initial therapy for this patient in 2023, ERA monotherapy, monotherapy with either a PD-5 inhibitor or soluble guanylate cyclase, 
uh, prostacycline pathway drug, either an analog or receptor agonist monotherapy, or combination therapy. What would you, what would you say? Now, the challenge is that, and this is, we're going to talk about the ERS ESC guidelines, which recently came out, is that they really separated patients with comorbidities from those without comorbidities in the initial treatment algorithm. Typically, when we've talked about initial treatment for pulmonary arterial hypertension and intermediate risk, we're usually talking about dual oral therapy, and there's a wealth of data supporting that approach. The recent guidelines suggested that in patients who had comorbidities, either cardio cardiovascular or cardiopulmonary comorbidities, those patients might be treated differently. And in fact, the suggestion of using monotherapy in those patients with cardiopulmonary or cardiovascular comorbidities. So what do we do? What do we do for a patient like this who has those comorbidities, but who has very significant pulmonary hypertension? I think my message here and my teaching point pretty strongly is this recommendation that you see here should not necessarily apply to all patients. The term comorbidities is a very general term, and, and we really need to look at each patient individually. A patient who has severe pulmonary arterial hypertension, who happens to have, let's say, well-controlled diabetes and hypertension, that patient should likely be treated just like any other patient with PAH who had no comorbidities. At the other end of the spectrum, a patient with clear a superimposed heart failure preserved rejection fraction, even when they have precapillary pulmonary hypertension, elderly patients, patients who may have some underlying lung disease, those patients probably should be treated more cautiously and consideration, as this algorithm shows, for monotherapy. So I think that's really the important teaching point is that a patient, like I just presented to you, should be treated likely aggressively with oral combination therapy, even though they may have some comorbidities. And that's sort of summarized here. Group one patient, intermediate risk, poor RV function, cardiovascular comorbidities were not really prominent and probably not driving this patient's disease. Therefore, I would treat this patient the same as other PAH patients who had no comorbidities with combination therapy. Thank you. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME LLC, and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.